Welcome to the Pen and the Yod. Rabbi Michael Siegel of Anshayamit Synagogue in Chicago talks with author Jonathan Eig about this week's Torah portion of Kitisa, the breaking of the tablets, the first case of Control-Alt-Delete. I find myself occasionally, not so much now because I think computers are better, but one of the most chilling things to happen is when your computer freezes, when you're right in the middle of something or just finished something. It is the worst feeling when you have to press control, alt, delete at the same time and know that whatever you had is about to go the way of all flesh. Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> oh, sure. I mean, we've all lost stuff that we were working on. You had a computer crash or something got lost in the mail in the old days, right? You'd send something in and it just wouldn't show up. And you'd have to write it again from memory and, and try to remember what you said in the first place and feel frustrated that you just, you know, there was some spark there that you're not capturing the second time around, perhaps, or maybe the opposite, maybe having some distance from it. You want to try it differently the second time. Well, I tell you, I was once working on a eulogy for someone who I knew quite well, and I stayed up most of the night writing this eulogy. It was, it, was a, it was a major funeral, and I really wanted to honor her. And the funeral was at, nine, at 10 o'clock in the morning, and right around 7, I had been up, and I finished it. And I was just finishing it, on the, and the computer froze. And I lost it. It was gone. And I frantically spent the next two hours rewriting it. I think it was actually a better version Maybe it was like the adrenaline. It was definitely a better version of it. And I'm sure you've had moments like that, too. Yeah, but there's no time to mess around. And, you know, very often uh, when you're a newspaper reporter and you're on deadline, you do your best writing because you know that you only get one shot at it. It kind of clears your mind and you sit down and you type and you know that there's not even going to be time to go back and read it. So whatever you type, this is it. Or, you know, in college, when you're up at five in the morning, turning yeah. for a paper that's due at 8 a.m., you know, there's an adrenaline rush and there's a kind of a liberation that comes with knowing that you know, I'm going to take one shot at this and, and that's all I'm going to do. It can help you focus sometimes or else it can just leave you with total garbage. Right. One man's adrenaline rush is another man's terror, but that's a right. whole other conversation. But here in the portion of Kitisa. You have the first alt-control-delete moment in the Torah. Moses is on Sinai. He's received the first set of tablets. God tells him that there is uh, something terrible going on below. Moses goes. He sees the people dancing around the golden calf, and he smashes the tablets you know, on, on the ground. And in that moment, certainly he gets the people's attention. They have this civil war. And at the end, Moses has to go back up the mountain, and he has to get the second set of tablets. But the difference here is going to be that the first set of tablets were written by the finger of God, whatever that term means, but it was given by God, written by God. But the second set of tablets was going to have to be written by Moses. He was going to be the one to create the tablets with God. And so the question then is, what was the better version, right? The first version or the second version? That's a question that the rabbis ask themselves. Gosh, we had the one that was written by God, so and we lost it. And one of my teachers at the seminary, Rabbi David Weiss Halivni, once said that Jews have spent their entire history trying to uncover what was in the first tablets, trying to figure out what was the divinely inspired 
the essence of the holy word. That's one way of looking at it. There's a whole other school of thought that when God gave the second set of tablets, God not only gave the written Torah, but also all of the interpretation. So it's actually a better version of Torah. So the question is, what was older better? Or can something that comes out of the breakage that is new be even better? Um, you can make me choose which one I which theory I, I prefer. I, I like the first idea. I like the idea that we don't know, uh, and we have to keep working at it to try to figure out uh, whether we're doing it right. And I like the uh, embracing the mystery of that because I mean, isn't that what life is all about? Right? You never really know if you're doing it right, but you got to keep trying and keep struggling to get closer to what feels like how you're supposed to live and how you're supposed to treat other people and how you're supposed to you know honor God. I think that I think there's a lot to what you're saying, but I guess what I would add to it is this notion that for some only the original document has meaning. Anything that follows it has less meaning, has less importance. And there are other people who would say what is newer is better. What is newer is, you know, reflects not only the knowledge of the past but the knowledge of the present. It's like the saying amongst the rabbis that while we might not be on the same stature of Moses, the fact is, is we're standing on Moses's shoulder, so we can see farther. And so what we write has a different perspective to it. So in a sense, what we write today shouldn't be demeaned as being worthless compared to what came before us. Look, don't we have this conversation going on in the United States with originalists on what comes to the Constitution? That the only thing that really matters is what the intention of the, the framers of the Constitution thought. And there are others that say, no, no, we're at the table. We have to be part of that conversation. Yeah, but then you get into the whole question of whether we know the intention of the of the framers. And in this case, you can argue that the, the older is better, but we don't know what was in the older. So you have to work to try to figure it out or, or guess what you think was in that. So it's either way, it requires your own interpretation and your own application of labor. Well, I think that part of the issue for us is that... The difference between Thomas Jefferson and any of us, or the Lawrence Tribe, a great constitutionalist, is that we are enamored by the idea of progress, that the world is continuing to go forward, right? And that we are constantly improving on the past as we create greater technologies, right? So progress is part of our thinking. I don't think that Thomas Jefferson or Ben Franklin had the same idea of progress. In fact, what we know is that they looked back to the Roman period as their model, and they looked at people like Cato as their model. And so, whereas we're ever looking ever forward, they were looking backward to learn. And so, in a sense, their tendency was to hold on to the original tablets Whereas today, there are many, many people who say those tablets were flawed, and so we need to create new documents. In a sense, we're at that moment, aren't we? Yeah, I guess we are. And um, so much of that is subject to you know, analysis and interpretation and our modern reading. And I think that's, you know, I don't want to get into a whole constitutional debate with you because you'll never win. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, okay. But um, it's all about what you want to see in the document, and that has to do with where you are in life and what you're living and what problems you're having. And I think even to pretend that you can be pure 
in your um, originalist views is problematic because we are all affected by what's going on around us. There's no question about that. But at the same time, does the fact that that Thomas Jefferson owned slaves, does that disqualify any view that he has? How do we look at a text, right? Do we throw it out? In a way, did Moses do the people of Israel a favor by shattering those first tablets? Maybe they weren't the right ones for them. Maybe they were too high and lofty. We needed the second ones. Maybe that control-alt-delete moment is actually a good thing. It's clarifying for a society. Yeah, I think with all of these issues, you have to apply some historical context, um, apply some historical context to understand what it meant for a slave owner to write, all people are created equal, and apply some context to think about what kind of commandments did a people need when they had just finished building a golden calf? Maybe those people needed different commandments than had originally been conceived. I think there's a lot to what you're saying. You know, How do we balance both sets of tablets? What I want to come to is that what the rabbis understand happening is that Moses and the people of Israel did not discard the broken tablets. That when they built the ark that carried the tablets forward, they put the broken pieces in along with the new set of tablets. And I think that that is a very powerful and a much needed corrective for our time. The Constitution in some ways may have cracks in it. Maybe we need to kind of write new documents to accompany it. But it is a very dangerous thing for a society to forget its past, not only to forget the negatives of its past, but also the basis on which this country was built. How do we balance both? How do we kind of carry both sets of tablets with us, I think is going to be the challenge not only of our age, but also for the future of this country. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think it's very important for us to recognize that this country was built with a false promise of the American dream, that it was not intended to apply for everyone, and that there were many, many people throughout the history of the country took that notion seriously and were not interested in creating a true democracy. And that can inspire us to do better as we update that document and update our history. And I guess the commandments can teach us that lesson too, right? That you don't have to get it right the first time. There's no such thing as perfect law. I'm not sure. I'm not sure as a rabbi, <laughs> I can totally agree with that. Yeah, I, I may have gone a step too far there for you. No, but I think that we can understand the flaws and the challenges, but we also discard at our own risk, I think, as well. So I think that's a good place to stop, but it's exciting to see how Torah and a story that we don't think about in this context has so much to teach in our own age. Absolutely. Thanks, Jonathan. <laughs>